The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning and giving me a chance to be part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. hope your week started off to a great start, and I hope you're finding encouragement in the Lord and the time when the world just seems to be getting more and more in chaos. Do be in prayer for Israel and everything else going on there, and uh, just know that God's in control, and it's in it's sad to see what's happening, a bit intriguing to see how it'll all work out in God's plan, but uh, continue to pray for them and all what that means for us as a nation and to pray for those poor families and everything they're going through right now. Uh, if you're following along with us in Scripture, we're in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Uh, we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 18 with a bit of a longer section of Scripture than we normally deal with, uh, mostly because the majority of this is one longer story. So let me go ahead and read the beginning to give us an introduction of what we're dealing with, um, and then we'll get into this parable that Jesus goes to. So chapter 18, verse 21, the Bible says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven so, one of the things you have to see here, we mentioned this a little bit close yesterday, but in this passage, uh, there's sometimes you'll see there are certain um, numbers that are used in Scripture repeated on purpose. The number seven we see is a number of perfection. Um, and so, in the culture back then, the, the Pharisaical culture was, you know, that you were to forgive three times. Uh, he says seven. He's kind of bringing the idea of perfection, and uh, Jesus comes right back as, no, 70 times 7. Now, you people have done the math, and they try to calculate it out. Here's the premise. The premise is not to look and find out the math and, and count it, because it's, it's just not the point. The point is, Jesus is saying, when someone comes to you and has sinned against you, you need to forgive him every time. You need to forgive him every time, the trespass. Um, Peter looks, and he's seeing it as a level of arrogance, at least in my perspective, and yet Jesus says, you should always be forgiving. Now, in a moment, we're going to read a section of scripture that gives a parable of what is really called the unforgiving servant, someone who's been forgiven so much. Can I just give you a couple quick thoughts on the aspect of forgiveness? Um, I've had people tell me throughout the years it's hard to forgive because I just can't forget what they've done. As soon as I can forget what they've done, then I will forgive them. Uh, first of all, your brain is created in such a way, your mind is so amazingly created by God, you'll never really be able to forget it completely, uh, especially if it's a true hurt, it's been scarred, it's going to be hard to do. There's a difference between forgetting something and not dwelling on something. You see, if you keep dwelling on it, it's going to turn into anger and bitterness, and it will literally consume you. I promise you that. The Bible says that root of bitter springs up and then defiles many. So it'll consume you, and then it, it affects how you respond to your spouse, to your family, to everyone, and it literally just affects everything. So to sit back and think on something and not let it go is the point. Now, forget again, you're not going to forget it, but you need to let it go. You're not going to dwell on it. You're not going to hold it over the head of the person who did this. Um, now, I will also say in forgiveness, uh, you say, well, I got to wait for them to ask me. Anytime someone asks me, I'm going to forgive them. But can I tell you that forgiveness is more about me than it is them? Forgiveness is me letting that go and moving on. So I don't find myself falling into that bitterness because you're going to find somebody who may never ask for forgiveness. Well, then are you going to live in anger the rest of your life because someone else doesn't want to reconcile? Uh, no, you need to make sure that he said this, when they trespass, how often do I forgive them? So it wasn't even asked if it was forgiven, if it was asked. Now, 
True reconciliation, if somebody's hurt you and you're looking for true reconciliation, it demands, one, that they ask for forgiveness and then you give it. That's true reconciliation. But I, you know, there can be people in your life who've hurt you and they don't want reconciliation. Well, that doesn't mean you really have the freedom to be angry at them the rest of your life. That, that hurts you, it hurts your family, it hurts everyone around you. So the point is you forgive for yourself and then wait for God to take care of them. So what happens? Jesus puts then down in scripture a thought and a parable about what happens when we don't forgive. Again, a little bit longer passage of scripture, but follow along with me. Um, verse number 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who went, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, by the way, that was an insurmountable amount of money. I won't go into all the details. I didn't do the math this morning, but it literally was an insurmountable amount of money, millions, if not billions of dollars. It was an excessive amount for what he owed. Um, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment be made. Very normal custom. They would go to debtor's prison. So he and everybody was sold into prison and slavery till they could pay it off. In this situation, the amount of debt, it was a lifetime thing. His kids would be spending their life paying off this debt. Um, verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Again, an unsurmountable debt, unpayable debt. He turns around, pleads for patience, and the master forgives him the debt completely. This is truly a picture of the debt of salvation that we've been given. We have an insurmountable debt of sin that deserves punishment. And when we come, God not only just gives us patience to deal with it, he forgives the debt. So this is a picture of a man who has been saved. Verse 28, but the servant went out and found one, or it's the idea of someone been saved. I'm not sure of this situation the guy was saved, but the idea was the picture of what we have been forgiven. Verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his servants who owed him a hundred denarii and laid his hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. Now understand denarii, a hundred bucks maybe? Okay, you got a insurmountable debt. This guy owes him about a hundred bucks. Verse 29, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not and went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that he had done. But then his master, after he called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. You, should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. So my father, my heavenly father, also will do to you of each, for each of you from his heart. Do not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now consider this, this insurmountable debt that was given to him. And he couldn't handle forgiving somebody for what would be considered maybe $100. Now, I, I, again, I'll go back and say, I don't think this guy was saved and lost salvation or anything of that nature. Here, here's what happens. When we think about as Christians, how much we have been forgiven in the aspect of salvation. Now, I guess we have to come back and recognize the cost of salvation. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The punishment for my sin is death. I should be in hell as a result of my sin. I think, especially if you've grown up in church, it's easy, and you were saved at a young age, it's easy to say, well, I've been saved, we understand grace, we understand mercy, it's an amazing thing to have. And so we sometimes lose the severity of our sin. If someone who's been saved later in life and recognizes this change understands it better than someone like me who grew up in the church, saved at a young age. Uh, but we have to remember that 
Here's the best way to understand the severity of our sin. My sin put Jesus on the cross. That's how severe my sin was and how I need to recognize that. So if I recognize that, then I recognize the debt that's been forgiven me by God. So the simple rhetorical question is, if I've been forgiven that great amount of debt, then why would I not forgive other people who, have, who owe me so much less? Just think about this man. He had been literally not, he, owed, he borrowed the money, couldn't pay it back, was given, was basically gifted this huge amount of money. He, he, he was fine. Can't handle $100. It's the wickedness of the servant, his unwillingness to offer the forgiveness that he had been forgiven. We should be the most forgiving people, whether somebody has asked for it or not. And again, full reconciliation demands both parties. But that doesn't mean that I sit back angry at someone else because it, does that mean that someone else's sin can, is then forcing me to live in sin the rest of my life? Absolutely not. God has told me to forgive, and I do. I offer it. You know, it's interesting. When we go to 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. You know, really, one of the premises and the pictures behind that verse is not that Jesus is like, okay, if you forgive, fine. No. The picture is Jesus is wanting to He knows what you've done wrong. He wants that reconciliation. He wants to keep that close-knit relationship. So he is waiting, wishing to give you the forgiveness if you'll just ask for it. That's the picture we have here, and that's the picture we should have, that if somebody comes to ask for forgiveness, it should be given, and we move forward. Now, if someone's truly hurt you, yeah, you forgive them, you're going to take time to retrust them, all right? There's a difference between somebody, you know, there's a little quabble or something like that, and somebody who's truly hurt you. Uh, yeah, you're going to take time to trust them, and trust is rebuilt. It is over time, but forgiveness is offered right away. Uh, the, the rest of it, and, and, and it really would take a lot, you know, there's a lot of sessions you could have and understand full understanding of forgiveness. But let's just go back to the premise of what God wants. We learn to forgive. God takes care of the details. We're now offered an amazing freedom if we would learn to not hold on to it and offer the forgiveness that we have been so wonderfully given ourselves. Well, again, thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning, giving me a chance to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate the privilege uh, to teach God's word. Hope this is an encouragement. If there's anything we can do to be an encouragement, reach out here to the church office at Grace Baptist Church in Bakersfield. And if we can be a blessing, we'd love to do that. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.